All right. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the word of God that is living and active and that being living and being active, that it energizes us from the inside out. So I pray today that as we read the word, as we study the word, as we expound on the word, that your spirit would have your way in us. Use me today as your servant. Use me today as your mouthpiece to communicate what it is you want us to hear. I thank you in the name of Jesus and everyone said. The church, which is his body, continue. I was thinking this morning, we started this series with a message from Ezekiel 37 on the Valley of Dry Bones, how that God took those dry bones and formed them together, put sinews and muscle and skin and and became living beings. And that's kind of what he has done and continues to do with his church and that he sits at the right hand of the Father, uh, administering his government in the earth, and he uses his church to do that. We are his body. He is the head. And so we've been covering for the last several weeks the spiritual gifts that he gives his body so that we can function in the earth in a supernatural way to represent him and to allow his very character and his very nature and his very power to touch lives. And so we've covered, uh, going back, we've covered the leadership gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We've been covering for, for a few weeks now what I call gifts from the Father that are different because of the verse in Romans it says, having gifts that differ, let us use them. And uh, and so we're working our way through the different gifts, exhortation, serving, uh, uh, giving, uh, last and leadership. Today we're moving over to 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll, re- we'll go there in a moment. But we're calling today, obviously, gifts from the Father that are different. Part 5, the gift of helping. Or, or in some of your Bibles, when we read the verses, it will say the gift of helps. And either one is obviously good. Uh, you may have picked up on something as we have gone through these gifts so far that all the gifts that we have covered thus far and, and will continue to cover are outward focused. Everybody say outward focus. Outward. We're getting ready for Jim Newsom. That's the name of his ministry, outwardfocus.org. All the gifts are outward focused that we're talking about. Uh, not one gift that, we're, that we will cover is focused on meeting our needs. but rather those of other people around us. I want to tell you a little secret, that when you meet the needs of people around you, your needs get met. That, But if that's your primary focus, then we're, we're misaligned. Um, when William Booth founded, uh, William Booth was the founder of Salvation Army. Uh, near his death, upon his deathbed, he was an invalid, and the Salvation Army was having their convention, and... Someone said it would be good if you could address the convention. Well, Mr. Booth, being frugal, knew that at that time he was going to send a telegram and you were going to pay by the word. And so he decided to send a one-word telegram to the convention. And so they got up to the convention and announced that that, uh, Mr. Booth would not be able to attend because he was sick near the end of his life in bed. And there was, it was, uh, everyone was kind of forlorn until they said, but he has sent a telegram. And they all got excited. And so the person who had the telegram got up and read this one word telegram that had been sent 
by William Booth to their convention. The word was others. That's all it said. And when we understand that as, as members of the church, which is his body in the earth, that if our focus and our energies can be on others, then not only do we bless them, but we release God's blessing into us. Now, you may have grown up all of your life with a, hearing a quote that said, supposedly from the Bible, God helps those who help themselves. That's in the book of Hezekiah, by the way. Um, and for those of you, that there is no book of Hezekiah. But it is in the book of Paul. There's no book of Paul either, but... Uh, there's a measure of truth in that statement that God helps those who help themselves in that God does, God frowns on laziness. But it's not in the Bible. And I'm giving you a new one today. Teach this one to your kids. God helps us because we cannot really help ourselves. <laughs> Let's replace the other one. Now, neither one's in the Bible, but this one's more true. God helps us because we when, it, when we get down to it, we really can't help ourselves. We need him. And so because of that, he has sent his gift of helping out into the world to fill in the gaps. And he sends his gift of helping in his people, in his church. Not everyone has the gift of helping or the gift of helps. Everyone can help and everyone should help. So this message is for everyone. But there are some who will recognize, and maybe you've already recognized, that your gift, that God has gifted you with a, with an ability and a desire to help. And so, if you would turn to 1 Corinthians 12, if you see someone beside you struggling, help them. Come on, people, that was funny. I don't care what you say. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, if you would stand while we read. 27 through 31, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. We've covered those gifts. Then miracles. We will be covering miracles. Then gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. You can be seated. In verse 27, it says gifts of healing, and you could read that. would be would be would not be inaccurate to read that. Then gifts of healing, gifts of helping, and gifts of administrating. And, of course, uh, two weeks from today, we will deal with the gift of administration. Help. That's an old Beatles song. I know that. And I wanted to start singing it, but I'll, I'll leave it alone. Help is something we all need. Let's give a definition here. Help, in, in the biblical term, in the word that's used here in the text, help is a word that means to give relief. It means to lay hold of so as to support someone or to render aid. To, and I like the part that says lay hold of. Uh, someone needs support, needs help, and you, you lay hold of them, not to abuse them or to do anything to them, but to help them uh, and to render aid where necessary. 
See, this is awfully basic. Well, let me tell you something. If you're looking for something besides basic, you came to the wrong place. There's a word. We'll get unbasic here just for a minute. The word in the text and is is antilepsis for those of you who care, uh, and it really means this. Is, is doing something to support or assist another individual in such a way that you are relieving them of doing something they would normally have to do. Um, it, isn't it great when you can when you can give help to someone not because they can't do it, but because there's other things that they might need to be doing. I'm thinking of when in Acts six when the apostles said, Hey, we got all these widows that need to be fed, we're having a problem getting them fed, and so we need to continue to study the word, and so we need some help. And so they identified seven deacons and, and they began serving the widows so that the apostles could do the other things. They could do the other, but they needed to give themselves to the word of God. And so that's what helping is. That's what that's what, when we're helping someone, we're giving them some support, sometimes in an area, just to relieve them so they can go do something else. And so that brings us to the gift of helping, in, in a similar sense, is the divine enablement. Now, everybody read divine enablement. Now, do it again. Now, that's the key. The gift of helping is the divine enablement to accomplish practical and necessary tasks which free up support and meet the needs of others. The gift of helping, if you have the gift of helping or gift of helps, there's there's an innate desire and ability in you. When you see someone in need of varying kinds, there's something in you that causes you to immediately move to that situation, to jump and, and offer whatever aid and help you can in that situation. And there are people, and you're, you're sitting here today, and you're thinking of someone. Some of you are thinking of someone that you say, hi, that's them. That's her. That's him. And, and there may be some of you who are sitting here today, and you're going, that's me. I didn't know that, but that's me. Or maybe you did know that, but that's me that God has given me the ability to help. Paul writes to Titus, one of his spiritual sons, and he says, and let our people learn to devote themselves to good works. Look at the underlined part. So as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. To help in cases of urgent need. It's outward focused. It's looking at our brother and sister in Christ around us and recognizing they have a need and sometimes an urgent need. What are we going to do? What, how are we going to address that? What are we, can we do something to meet that urgent need? That's the question. Before we go into even further, we have to understand, and you may have, you may have uh, noticed a pattern here that every gift we have covered, we have looked at that gift embodied by God himself. Because all of these gifts are gifts that come out of the character of God. It's not just things that he identified. It's not just gifts that he created. It's part of himself. And we start, we want to look at the Lord who is our helper. Now, go ahead and play that video, William. I got a little help here just to um, give us an example. Well, that's not it. I need the audio. Start it over.
Technical difficulties are better than uh, uh, road malfunctions. If I had those dogs around me, I'd want help too. (laughs) Well, that's just a humorous way of recognizing that all of us, all of us need the help of the Lord. All of us need God's assistance, and he is our helper. Um, The psalmist said, I lift up my eyes to the hills, and then he asked the question, from where does my help come from? Where, from where does my help come? The old King James says, from whence does my help come? And then he answers his own question. He says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Isn't it nice that when you say, my help comes from the Lord, that you can follow that with that? By the way, he's the guy who made all this. He's the, he's the guy who made heaven. I don't understand that, but I don't have to. He's the guy who made the earth. He's the guy that helps me. So when you think that you can't make it, when you think you can't face what you're facing, just remember that the one who is standing there to help you is the one who made all this. That's pretty good help. Rest in that. The writer of Hebrews says, We also know that the Son did not come to help angels but he came to help the descendants of Abraham. That's you, by the way. That's you as a descendant of Abraham. He came to help you. And, of course, the, the famous verse in Second Chronicles, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. God's looking for people to help. He's looking for someone who needs help. He's looking for someone to give strong support. The word there, strong support in the Hebrew, simply means to fasten upon. Do you remember what we said earlier, that it was to lay a hold of someone to give them support? It's almost the same word here, to strongly support. God wants to fasten himself onto you. He won't violate your will, but he wants to fasten himself onto you so that he can help you, and get you through whatever it is you're going through. Through is the operative word. Everybody say through. God very rarely takes us around things. He's usually taking us through them. But you know what? When we go through, you come out on the other side. God is our helper. And so we emulate God by helping one another. And so we're going to talk just a few minutes about two aspects of helping. There's probably more But I'm just going to talk about two aspects of helping. The first one is just simply this, giving assistance. Giving assistance to someone. Now, there's a lady in the Bible. We don't know a lot about her. Her name is Phoebe. Not Phoebe Cates, the actress, but Phoebe, the person we have no last name for. Uh, And Paul writes this to the church at Rome. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Sincre. I think that's how you say that. And then he said, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints, and watch this, and help her in whatever she may need. 
from you. Why? For she has been a patron, most of your Bibles would say helper there, of many and of myself as well. Phoebe, we don't know how she did this necessarily. We may, I don't know, maybe Josephus has got it. But she was helping Paul in his ministry. And she's saying to these folks, help Phoebe. We don't know what kind of help she needed. But guess what? If you're breathing, you need help. Yeah, thank you, Billy Paul. If you're breathing, you need help. Everybody needs help. And so he's saying, she has assisted me. She's been my patron of this ministry. So however you can help her, whatever needs she has, that you would do that because she's been my helper. And she's also been, in, he described her as a servant in verse 1. She's been a servant of the church. The word there is a word we get our word deacon from. And it simply means to run errands or to be an attendant. To be an attendant. And so God calls all of us to be servants or give attendance to those around us. One of my pastors, Brother Curtis Foreman, a lot of you know him, for many years said to me one day, he said, you must go beyond yourself if you're ever going to find God. I thought, that's pretty good. So I had a friend etch it on a piece of wood, and I still got it. You must go beyond yourself to find God. You'll never find God, really find God, if you're always consumed with yourself. Because yourself will get in the way. And one of the, and we'll come back to this, but one of the ways we can get beyond ourselves is to help someone else. Another, another, uh, example of someone assisting is what we call the unnamed armor bearer. We're not going to turn, but it's in 1 Samuel 14. It's a great backstory. I'm not going to take the time to develop it, but there's a great backstory. But Jonathan, who's the son of Saul, says to his armor bearer, Hey, let's go over here to these Philistines. They've been bugging us long enough. Let's go over there and look what, look at their camp. And it could be that when we go over there, God might just help us. Just this two guys, by the way. God might just help us. Now, this whole encampment of Philistines and two guys, and it's the idea of one of the guys. It wasn't the armor bearer's idea, you know, and, and I might've said, well, you might want to reconsider, you know, I can count. You might not. Anyway, he says to him, let's, let's go, let's just see what happens. And of course the end of the story is they gain victory. You need to read it 13, 14, 15, but this is what the armor bearer says to Jonathan, do all that is in your heart. Turn yourself, which means whichever way you lean or stretch yourself, I will follow. And here I am with you according to your desire. He didn't really see it. He didn't really get it. But he was there to assist Jonathan in whatever God had put Jonathan's hand to. We know that God had put Jonathan's hand to it because he was victorious that day. And when he said it may be that God will help us, it is a fact that God did help them. And the armor bearer chose to assist Jonathan in what you and I would call a suicide mission. I'm not suggesting any of us could do anything like that today or should do anything like that. I'm saying he did. The point is not that they went into what looks like a suicide mission. The point is that the armor bearer chose to help Jonathan. And he has a story to tell even though his name does not appear in the Bible. Now, you might have to take an issue with somebody about that. I don't know. 
The second part of, of help is what we call relief. This is often what we think of. I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to turn to James chapter 2 because there's two verses there I want you to see, you know, in your Bible or your phone or your tablet or your memory, whatever it is you're accessing the Word in. Just turn to James chapter 2, and you, if you're a note taker, you'll want to write that down. By the way, the notes are available on the Version app, as they always are. Um, I forgot to mention that. I hadn't mentioned it in a while. Uh, James chapter 2. I've got on the screen 15, but let's begin reading at 14. He says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? What good is that? And by the way, I, I get tired of people trying to, to cause James and Paul to be at odds. And they, they, you know, they read James and they, well, James tells us, you know, there's our, we are saved by our works and Paul says we're saved by grace. And James is not saying anything of the sort. He's saying if you've been saved by grace, we will see some works. If we don't see any works, then you haven't been saved by grace. He's not saying that saves you. It's the evidence of. Anyway, we'll, that's a digress anyway. I wanted us to see that because how often do we see that happening in our lives? Lord, help me. Relief is helping the weak. Now, most of the time, helping the weak means helping someone who doesn't have the energy or the strength to do what they need to do. Acts twenty thirty five says, In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, and he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. By the way, after you get past Acts chapter 1, this is the only red ink you'll find, especially in the book of Acts. This is a direct quote from the Lord Jesus that does not appear in the Gospels. It is more blessed to give or to help than to receive. First Corinthians, First Thessalonians, Paul says, We urge you help the weak. We urge you, help those who need help. Help those who have a deficiency in whatever means. It could be money. It could be energy. It could be the ability to, to complete a task. It could be any number. It could be just clothes on the back or food on the table. Help the weak, those without strength. We all know, and we're not turning, but we all know in Matthew 25 where Jesus talks about to the, to the people around him. He said, blessed are you. Because you, you, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And when I was a stranger, you invited me in. When I was naked, you gave me clothes. When I was sick, you visited me, which means to inspect with concern. When I was in prison, you came to me. And they said, how, how did we do all that? He said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. When you give relief or aid to someone else, you've done it to me. You've heard me tell the story of a lady in a line at the rescue mission who said, Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for the opportunity to serve tonight, and we recognize that you are coming through the line. Not just dirty old homeless people that some people, all people see. Not people who live on the streets. Not people who maybe have been irresponsible. And all of that's sometimes true. But Lord Jesus, you're coming through the line. 
And when you start serving people with that mindset, that, oh, this is the Lord Jesus. Well, they don't look like the Lord Jesus. Well, how do you know what he looks like? <laughs> serving Lord Jesus by serving people. When I read this, when I was putting this together and I got to the part about I was in prison and you came to me, I remembered, uh, how many of you have ever read the book by Jim Baker called I Was Wrong? Okay, I see that hand. There are two. Can I recommend to you a very good book? And you probably don't know what the title is, but the title is I Was Wrong by Jim Baker. <clears throat> PTL, 45-year prison sentence, for which was completely irrational. I don't want to get into all that. But he spent some time, quite a bit of time in prison. And, of course, nobody wanted anything to do with him. It, it was almost time for him to get out. And someone came to help him that was completely unlikely. Now, Jim Baker, um, I, I, I'm going to try to describe him without being too critical, but flashy, uh, fully Pentecostal, charismatic, tongue-talking, everything goes with that, which, you know, that's my theology. But I don't, anyway, that's a whole different topic for another day. But who contacts him in prison? But a good old Baptist boy by the name of Franklin Graham. Frank, I guess it was Baptist. I don't know. His daddy was. Franklin Graham goes into the prison. Someone says, you know that he's not going to be good for your reputation. And Franklin said, I don't care about my reputation. And so he helped Jim Baker get into a halfway house. He, helped, he paid some money to do some of this. To help him get acclimated out of prison into life once again. He helped him. Baker needed the help. Probably didn't deserve the help, but who who of us deserves anything we get? I've said many times, I'm really glad I don't get what I deserve. He helped him. And I always thought a lot of Franklin Graham before I read that book. But I thought an awful lot more of him after I read the book. Why? Because he helped a brother in Christ. So by the way, I Was Wrong is the name of the book. I'm not, I don't get any royalties off of it at all. Help. We're going to finish by just looking at some observations about helping. My desire and my hope is that as we've gone through this teaching and if we conclude it, that someone sitting here will realize that you haven't realized before, but you will realize that you recognize this gift in you. And my secondary desire is that all of us, whether we've been blessed with this gift or not, all of us would look for opportunities to render aid to someone or to give assistance to someone. Okay, here we go. Helping is about our adapting ourselves to others. Helping is about our adapting ourselves to others. You see, when you help someone, you don't help them the way you want to be helped. And you don't help them the way you think they need. You, you adapt yourself to them in their situation and you help them where they are. Uh, it also affords us an opportunity for submissiveness and humility. If you need an opportunity to practice humility and to practice the verse that says, submit yourselves one to another in Christ, 
If you need that, then find an opportunity to help someone and adapt yourselves to someone, and you will, you will be able to do that. You will be able, as I said earlier, to get beyond yourself and be able to administer Christ and Christ's character to someone around you. Uh, it is possible that many tasks aren't completed properly due to the lack of help. It's possible that people don't get things done. They don't accomplish what they need to accomplish because they don't have enough help. This is almost totally unrelated, but I was in a place of business yesterday in Lebanon or Friday in Lebanon. Actually, it's a place where I bought my lawnmower and I was taking it in to get it serviced and I walked in the door and they said, we're closing our doors. Go to our Hendersonville store. So I go to the Hendersonville store and I said, man, I hate that y'all closing that Lebanon store. I said, I said, certainly not a whole lot further here than, but I said, I hate to see any business closed. He said, let me tell you something. That's one of the most profitable stores we have. He said, we make more money in that store. We do more business in that store than, he said, it's a very profitable business. So I looked at him, you know what my question was, and I didn't have to ask it. He said, we can't get anybody to work. We can't staff it. We can't get people to come in and work and stay there and do a good job. He said, and so we just can't keep fighting it. So we're going to just, you know, we're going to reduce back down to two locations. I said, Oh, my goodness. That's just a, a terrible thing. But some, some tasks just don't get done because they don't have help to actually help someone. I hope this is not cynicism will require our moving from our land of excuses to a place of action. Land of excuses. You know what an excuse looks like? It looks like this. Be warmed and be filled. Warm yourselves and fill yourselves. That will not suffice. Now, you can't help everybody. You know, you've heard me tell the story about bubblegum wrappers in the park. You can't pick up every bubblegum wrapper in the park, but you can pick up some. So, well, I can't pick up all the bubblegum wrappers, so I'm not going to pick up any. That won't work. You say, God, show me. He'll show you. Now, don't don't ask that if you don't mean it. Because he will show you. Somewhere that you can help. Somewhere that you can go beyond to be warmed and be filled. And you can go get the coat. And you can go get the the Whopper at Burger King. And you can take care of the situation. To the degree that God has prospered you, it is to that same degree that you have been equipped to help. Well, I don't know if I'm prospering. Yeah, you are. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But you're prospering, whether you know it or not. But to the degree that God has blessed you. Now, I'm not, I started to say, if you've been blessed by God, raise your hand. But I'm so afraid somebody wouldn't. So I'm going to leave it alone. (laughs) But every one of us who would put a mirror under our noses and it would fog up are blessed. Now, if you can do that and it doesn't fall good, would you tell me how you do that? So we're blessed. And to the degree that God has blessed you and prospered you is to that same degree that you have the ability to help somebody. Now, if somebody needs a million dollars and you got $10, you can't help them. I hate to always come back to money, but that's what we think. We think in terms of money. For everyone to be spiritually healthy... And fruitful, we must, everybody say must. must. 
We must be willing to help one another. See, the old one hand washes the other, or I scratch your back, you scratch mine. That's sort of what we're talking about. That if everyone would give attention to helping one another, we would all get helped. Wouldn't we? One last passage I want you to turn to. If you're in James, this is good news. It's a short trip to 1 Timothy. Just go east or west if you're looking at it upside down. 1 Timothy 6. You're going to say, I don't know how this applies. Well, just look at it and we'll see. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. As for the rich in this present age. Now, somebody just checked out. Somebody checked out because as soon as I read those words, they said, I'm not rich. I would like to take you across the border from Del Rio, Texas to Acuna, Mexico. And as soon as you stepped on the soil on the other side of the Rio Grande, you'd be one of the wealthiest people in that country. You. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your living conditions are. I don't care what your income is. I don't care what your bank account looks like. You would be one of the wealthiest people in that country. And the fact is, a lot of you are some of the wealthiest people in this country. Not because you're rich, you got millions, but anyway. Anyway, he says, those of you who are rich in this present age or as for the rich, charge them not to be haughty. <laughs> Have you ever said to someone standing on a street corner, get a job, bum? I'm not going to tell you I did or I didn't. But I did like it when people on the street corner start showing up as entrepreneurs. And they would buy a newspaper for a quarter and sell it for a dollar called the contributor and I'd buy the newspapers and I never read one. I just wanted to support the guy working or the girl working. I digress. Not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Did you see the word everything and enjoy? Okay. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, and to be generous and ready to share. Thus, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. And I read that, and and you've already seen the point. I read that to say to us that all of us, all of us have been given a wealth of resources. Whether we believe it or not, whether we're, you know, Forbes 500, it doesn't matter. We've been given a wealth of resources by which we can share with other people. So when you read in the Bible, for those who are rich in this present age, everybody say, that's me. Oh, come on. It's not Sunday school. That's me. That's you. That's me. It's all of us. And we have the resources whether we know it or not. It's not always money. It often is not money. But we have the resources to help. And if we're in a help mindset, then not only do the needs get taken care of, but we release a blessing into our lives indirectly that we cannot produce on our own. 
Thus, some of us have an extraordinary divine enablement to do that. And that's God. That's God's character. That's God's supernatural ability. Amen? Stand with me. Lord Jesus, I pray that the word of God has come alive to us today, that you've inspired each one of us to be obedient to you and to watch for opportunities where we can reach into our resources, reach into that prospering that you've done for us, and we can assist and, and give aid to other people. And for those that who now recognize that they have always had this, this natural propensity to just help people, I pray that you would develop that gift, that you would give them the grace to increase that gift and to to continue to use it, Lord Jesus. May we all be those who are called helpers in the earth. We recognize today that you have identified in your word this a gift, the gift of helping, the gift of helps. And we thank you for it. And we thank you for those that you have blessed with this gift. So we go out of here today. We go outside this parking lot, we go out into the world, and we look for opportunity. And we pray that you give us them. I thank you in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, God bless you. You're dismissed.